welcome and introduce to you Uncle George Lehman, uh, CMA National President. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Amen. Sure. Are you in for a flight this morning? Just want to improve my looks a bit here. Yeah? Thank you. Hallelujah. Such a joy to be here with you people this morning. You don't have to come, but you always do. Yes, I get so emotional, I tell you. It's so wonderful to just to be able to serve Jesus. You know, when he's changed your life, you're never the same again. And, and we sit here with a cloud of witnesses this morning of people that have been touched by the Savior. Aren't you happy and excited and full of joy that you know Jesus this morning? Isn't it amazing? And so this morning as, I, as we were singing the song, oh, the Spirit of the Lord, I just sensed him come on me. And I said, Lord, would you show up this morning? And God said to me, I will, my son. I want to tell you, God is going to speak to us this morning. I really, I really, aren't you just sick and tired of doing church? Let's do Jesus, man. Let's get serious about Jesus. You've not come here this morning because it's Oder Gewoonte and you just got to be here and somebody dragged you and your, that sorry husband of yours that didn't want to come but he's here this morning. Or that wife. <laughs> those kids <laughs> but we here to meet with Jesus and so this morning as we share the word I want you to to really open your hearts and hear what the Spirit of the Lord will say to you this morning because I, I really know that God is gonna gonna speak to us in a, in a very unique way so I wonder if we could just 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 close our eyes and just for a moment father your word says be still and know that I'm God we just want to be still and we want to welcome you as the honored guest right now. We thank you, Father, that without your, your presence, without the Holy Spirit descending upon this gathering, we've just come together and wasted time. But this morning, Lord, it is about you. It's about your church. It's about those whom you love so intensely and you proved it by going to the cross. You want us better, not better. You want us to live in a dynamic which you showed the way, Jesus. Come and show us this morning. Father, I want to praise your word says we take every mind captive and we bring it into the obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take us captive this morning in your grace. What the enemy would have meant for harm is cast out of this whole gathering this morning and that Jesus is Lord and we operate under an open heaven. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Let me just carry on because I can carry on. But, but, but re really just want to want to thank you guys for, for being brave enough to invite me to minister here. <laughs> praise God. It's so good. Ramon, you guys and Nats, thank you for inviting me and giving me this opportunity. And we'll be sharing with the CMA guys afterwards. And it's really a joy to just be with you guys. You know, just, just moving with the people and greeting the people. It, 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 there is such a joy to, to be here with, with, with family. No matter where you move in the country, CMA people are just different people. But we, we, we love the normal people too. 
we love you. We really do. And, and for you normal people, they're not wearing a, a yassi. <laughs> we love you, and you're also incredibly welcome this morning. Because ultimately, it's not about the colors we wear. It's about the fruit we bear. Whether you wear them or not, <laughs> it's about our relationship with Jesus. So just get straight into it this morning. I want to talk to you about the kingdom life is a descending life. The kingdom of God, life is a kingdom, life is a descending life. If I could pronounce it and, and use another terminology for this word, would be descending into greatness. For every one of us, that is God's intention for you. Any man who's in Christ Jesus has become a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. There's a journey to take. Who learned the moment you gave your heart to Jesus? To lichelen for you, to say that you gaan nooit weer problemen hebben. Alles gaat net rechtloop. You won't have a problem. Or the money is going to flow. You get that another job you wanted, and that sexy goose you were after, she's yours for the picking. Hello. Life happened when you met Jesus, because God is preparing you, His bride, for that great, amazing day. And so his church is busy, and God is busy with us, preparing us for this great, incredible day. Because there's a journey for every child of God to take. Everyone, the Bible in Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, run the race that's been set before you. There's a race for every child of God. The moment you say yes to Jesus, and he comes in your life, you're released by the hackies. You hear the gun go off, boom, and then holy Vandaag sit ons met soveel ons by die, by die wegtrekplek. Ons kan nie met nieuwe mense voorbij kom nie. Because you're not on the way, you're in the way. <laughs> A lot of Christians like that. Eh? Now, I know it's none of you, Axia. Yeah? It's the ones that are going to be listening to this podcast afterwards. You see, John 3.30 says this, that he will increase and I will decrease. And the Amplified Bible says it nicely. He says that he will become more prominent and me less so. Our whole journey is to become more like Jesus. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> are you still doing like Fricky or are you like Jesus? Just asking. Hallelujah. Because this is the answer to a blessed, overcoming, victorious life. The descending into greatness life. So why share a word like this? I'll tell you why I share a word like, a word like this. A descending life is, is a growing life. Now, this is not in the overhead. I just want to read it to you. And I just sense God wants me to read this to you this morning. I'm reading out of Hebrews 5 from verse about 11. And he says this. We have much to say to you about this, about the things of God. He says, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. Say learn. Say it again. Learn. Mooi man. Just keep that word in mind because I've got a scriptures and I want to show you something. He says, in, he says, in fact, though at this time you ought to be teachers, you need somebody to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk and not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings. And listen to what he says about righteousness. You know what righteousness? Right standing with God. A life of descending into greatness. Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek second the kingdom of God. No, no, no. First. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
His righteousness, what is righteousness? His right standing, my right standing with him. Let me tell you something. Seeking the kingdom of God is not about seeking to find, it's seeking to live. Whenever you read that scripture again, when the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, what is God saying? He's saying, you're a new kingdom person. My kingdom has got principles. You need to live the kingdom principles. That's what it means to seek the kingdom. Amen. That's what it means. If you seek in the kingdom first, that means you're applying principles that you've picked up out of the word of God to live a certain kind of a life. So when I say to you this morning, the kingdom life is a descending life. It's one of the principles for every child of God. So this morning, I'm not touching on one or two. I believe I speak to the masses here this morning. The kingdom life is a descending life. You know, uh, a guy by the name of St. Francis, he said these words, a man is what he appears in, in God's eyes, and not the slightest bit more. Yes, man, you can like a foorgeer. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, broer, hallelujah. Meantime, you like got other gooders going. You're not reading your Bible, you hardly pray, but God knows exactly. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing is hidden before the all-seeing eyes of God. You can for all wegsteek, but you can't even hear wegkrep nie. So God knows if you, the life you're living, if you are busy descending into the greatness that he has for every one of our lives. Say there's greatness for me. Amen. Praise God. I believe this is, this is a word to help us as believers to live the kingdom life. So if, if you don't mind, I'm going to read a bit of scriptures this morning. It was good to read the scriptures. But when Paul writes, understand when, when, when the word of God is written, it wasn't written to fill a space and to mark a lakabuki. It was written so we could read it for obedience. Amen. Let it make us come Are we all on the same page on that one? So when we read the word of God, we must understand this is a word for me. Say it's for me. Okay, and I'm Eglichni. Say it. Eglichni. Okay, while you drop that into the net, uh, we'll just get some Vinpom Sherry going here. Yeah? <laughs> Nothing like a municipal gin. Uh, okay, Jesus. Okay, Philippians 2, 1 through 9. It starts off by saying, he writes it. He says, therefore, if, if there is any encouragement and comfort in Christ, as there certainly is in abundance, isn't there? There's encouragement and there's a comfort that we find in our walk with Jesus. He says, if there is that in your life. He says, if there is any consolation, consolation of love, if we consoled in, in this great love that God has given us. He says, if there is any fellowship that we share in the Spirit, if there is any great depth of affection and compassion, and then verse 2, and, and the Message Bible says it so, so lacquer, it says there, he, he says like tongue-in-cheek, he says, then do me a favor. How many, how many times have you said to your kids when they just don't listen and, and whatever, not my kids, they yeah, this morning, they were always really well behaved. But when, when, <laughs> when you say, do me a favor, just do what I ask you to do. You know, they say, no, this is what exactly what Paul is. The same tone as what he's saying. And he starts off, he says, then make my joy complete. What do I have to do to make his joy complete? He says, be of the same mind, having the same love towards one another. Amen. Ooh. There's no like a tootsie phones on my own, eh? You know what? I love them, but I don't like them, eh? 
Where do you come across that rubbish? Not scriptural. Hello? You either love or you don't love, eh? Is there any consolation in love? He said, then make my joy full. Be of the same mind that I love towards one another. Listen, Listen to this. Knit together in the spirit. We're all different, but we have one Holy Spirit that's leading us into all truth. Unanimously. Togetherly. Is it a good word? Togetherly. It's like a tapestry. Different strings, but the thing is a beautiful thing. And that's what the children of God are all about. He says, knit together in the spirit. Intent and intent on one purpose. How many purposes? One purpose. And live in a life that reflects your faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. That's another kingdom principle. I ministered this at our church some weeks ago. The key to a successful kingdom life is you need to walk by faith. Because if you don't have faith, it's not run on feelings, it's run on faith. Amen. He says, something that reflects my faith. What I say, I believe it must reflect it. And spreads the gospel, the good news regarding salvation through our faith in Jesus. Do nothing from selfish, empty conceit through factional motives and strife. But with an attitude of humility. Say humility. The attitude of humility. Being neither arrogant nor self-righteous. Regard others as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look at your own personal interests, but also at the interests of others. Can I tell you, that is the most amazing descending into greatness scripture when you apply what you've just heard this morning. Man ons hoor het, ons lees het, ons doen het nie baie nie. And we need to activate something in our lives so that we can descend into greatness. Because that verse 1 to 4 talks about our behavior towards one another, towards our lives, the way we should live. And then the next few verses, which I'm going to read now, tells us and he gives us inspiration and guidelines about how we should behave and where we get the strength to to get it from and where we live from. Listen to this verse 5. He says, have the same attitude in yourselves as what was in Christ Jesus. Look at him as your example of selfless humility. Jesus. He must be our example, is what the Bible is saying. He must be our example. Who, although he existed in the form, unchanging essence of God, as one with him, one with God, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted, as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it. We will never... Paul talks of a mystery. We will never understand that God came in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. The Son of Man and the Son of God. The Son of Man connected with man. The Son of God connected with God. So life could flow from God through Jesus to man. Hallelujah. That's why he became the Son of God. You read the Bible, says a lot about that. But verse 7 says this, but he emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of his divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of a man. He became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God 
and fully man. After he was found in the terms of his outward appearance as a man, he divine, who was divinely appointed time, he humbled himself further to becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death of the cross. I'm not going to read the rest of that. But, but we see here that Jesus came and he made himself nothing. You know, descending into greatness. Can I say this about descending? Descending is not automatic. Do you know that there's still a lot of you that's not, that needs to freck? <laughs> I can use it in Cape Town. It says, okay. It's my colored brothers. I love them so much. Freck. We need to die to the old. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Emptying ourselves out of ourselves. That's what it means to descend into greatness. You see, descending isn't like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute. <laughs> if you go without one, you've got serious problems. But, but jumping out of that, that kind of descending, it's like, it's like jumping with a bungee cord, jumping. And I think of the time at Storms River where they do bungee jumping. So the lady arrives there, the tourist says to a guy sitting there, she says, excuse me, sir. She says, uh, what does it cost to do bungee jumping? He says, name my madam. <laughs> she says, it's 60 bucks. With a rope, and it's for free without the rope. <laughs> but you see, there's no... It, descending into greatness isn't like that where you go. Listen to me. It cannot depend on gravity or momentum to make spiritual descent. It is something that you and I decide that we got to do. I did this little sketch, and maybe you can slap it up over there, the little next sketch. Hello, that one. I, I, my artwork... That's exactly my old life is the red one. I need to descend into greatness. The old life growing into the new life that Jesus has for your life and for my life. Descending into greatness. Listen, the act of moving is, just grasp this for a moment. Many conscious, that's a word, in Afrikaans is bewusterlijke. Unconscious. Many conscious, forceful, willful, active decisions of commitment and obedience each and every day in your life. That's a backfall. Just read that because there it is. Moving, that descending is many conscious, forceful, willful, active decisions of commitment and obedience each and every day. When you rise up to a new day, you make decisions for your life. Amen. What are the decisions you made when you got up this morning? Philippians 2 verse 7a says this, But he stripped himself of all privilege and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant. Jesus became a servant. And guess what we have been called to do? We've been called to serve. Isn't that church? That's our, 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 our calling on God. Jesus made himself nothing. I mean nothing. That word nothing or nix in the dictionary means a thing of no importance. Because nothing is about emptiness. Isn't that so? Nothing times nothing is a whole lot of what? <laughs> 
Jesus made himself nothing. The world says there is nothing good about nothing. The world around us, the world we live in, the world you work in, the people that are unsaved, people that don't know Jesus, they don't understand this concept of emptying yourself out of yourself. They don't understand that concept. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, think about taking nothing to the bank and go and deposit it. It's even worse when you arrive there tomorrow to withdraw the nothing. <laughs> They're going to lock you away, eh? Because the world says there's nothing important about nothing. The world tells us this. If you want to prove your value, your status in this world, if you want to be a somebody, then they say you must do this. Listen, the world tells us this. To accomplish something of significance, of greatness, of wealth or position, it's all about things, prestige, power, recognition. Now, there's nothing wrong with achieving. I mean, God wants his children to prosper. Amen. You believe that, eh? God wants us to, to, to excel beyond. But let me just say this. It cannot be at the price of your relationship with Jesus. The Bible says we need to make ourselves nothing so that he will be exalted in my life. For many people, they chase after the things of this world to get recognition, to, to uh, fit in with the world because of, of the way that they live and, and the way they set their standards, setting the standards by the world's standards because nothing, the world says, is for nobody's. Yet Philippians 2, 7 says this, Jesus made himself nothing. He gave all he was so that we can become all that he is. Isn't that beautiful what Jesus did? I mean, what Jesus did, that was a willful action. Jesus deliberately stripped himself of everything, his divine rights, his greatness, his privileges. He wasn't pushed, tripped, shoved. It wasn't an accidental fall either. Hallelujah. He didn't, he didn't end up you know, on earth here and say, oops, <laughs> what am I doing here with these crazy sinners? He came down because he had you and me in mind. I think it's Romans 8 verse 5 says, while we were still sinners, Jesus died. Hallelujah. He came and he emptied himself up. He set an attitude in a way that should be an example for you and for me, the way we must live. I think for the hard pillar, and there it is, a hard pill to swallow is Jesus' followers are asked to do exactly the same. Amen? That's, a, that's something to really, I was going to say put in your pipe and smoke it, but don't do that. Because the old Adam nature says this, it's not your will, Lord, but my will be done. But don't ask me to do something out of the ordinary, out of my comfort, something that's not easy and lacquer. I don't want to do that stuff. But Lord, I will. But Lord, my will, not your will be done. And yet Jesus set this amazing example. He said, not my will. He said, but yours be done. That needs to be our attitude. If that is not your attitude, God, your will be done. There is something wrong with your relationship with Jesus. Amen. Because descending is going to involve a few things. And this is what it will involve. Humility. What an amazing ability. <laughs> Humility. The Bible says in James that God is opposed to the proud. But he shows himself graciously to the humble. You know what? The Bible says we must humble ourselves. You must oppose us the year you humble. Don't you have a problem? 
we need to humble ourselves. And one of the characteristics of a person that is walking with Jesus, one of the clear signs is humility. That's part of what it means to descend into greatness. The second thing is brokenness. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 61 verse 2, I think it's 61 or 62 verse 2, but it says this, this is the man and the woman that God will look, for, look at, who God pays attention to. Those that are humble and have a contrite spirit. That contrite spirit means a broken spirit. Understanding. You see, when you're so full of yourself and you're not descending into greatness, you want to live in your comfortable little Christianity. Let me tell you something. You'll never appreciate what God has really done for you. You, you cannot appreciate it. But speak to somebody that, that really loves Jesus, that prayed this morning, that met with the Father, that's sensitive to the move of the Spirit. You understand what a brokenness is. Isn't that so? Exactly that. Dependency. That's what it means to seek the kingdom of God first. To, to be dependent on him. Because you know ultimately when you became a child of God. You became God's responsibility. Is it not a wonderful gedachte for me? You is God's verantwoordelijkheid. He wil for you omgee. Hou op weg hardloop. He wants to give you blessings. He wants to give you breakthroughs. He wants to bless you. But every time when it's not coming on your time, then you run away and you sulk and say, duck back. Let me tell you, duck back doesn't move God. Faith moves God. You can in hook sit in yourself, not Mark. The moment you get up in faith and say, Lord, your word says in Jesus' name, man, the breakthrough is right there by you. Amen. Faith activates these things. Listen, being a servant, descending involves being a servant. It, it means commitment. It means obedience. Because when we, when we live this life, this descending life, it, it leads to a, a blessed life. Amen. There's a vulnerable a life that, that's tuned to uh, God, a life that's tuned into the Holy Spirit, a life that chases the demons away, man. A life that walks in victory. A life that proclaims and it is. That's what a descending life does. And that's where God wants you and I to be. Descending will not come if these characteristics are not evident in your life. You know, I could have stood here this morning and told you some nice little interesting factors about how God's going to bless you and, and how tomorrow your breakthrough is just waiting at the sun horizon. Go stand there and when you see the sunrise, you will feel this cool goosebumps and tomorrow it's going to happen to you. Well, I could tell you the truth. <laughs> you see, there's not too much of the truth preached too many times in many churches today. People need to hear where the blessings of God originate. And it originates in a humble heart. One that is descending into the greatness that God has for our lives. Philippians 2, 8 says, And he became obedient to death, even death on the cross. That's how obedient Jesus were. How obedient are you and I? I tell you something, the ticket to freedom is obedience. Amen? The ticket to freedom. You want to say, if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. We quote that scripture so much in John 8 verse 32, around about there. But that's not what Jesus fully said. He said to the disciples who believed him, not believed in him, they believed him because they saw what he was doing. But they didn't believe in him. The Bible says, go read that. They believed him. And then he said to them, if you abide in my word and my word abides in you, then you're my disciple. And when you then you're my disciple, he says, and then that truth you've come to know will set you free. 
The truth doesn't just set you free. The freedom comes when you begin to connect with that truth and you believe the truth and you descend into the greatness that God has for your life. Listen to Hebrews 5 verse 8 and 9. Although he was a son, he did what? Although he was a son, he did what? He learned. What did I tell you to say early on? The Bible says here in Hebrews, he says, but this is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. Jesus learned. Active obedience, special obedience. Listen, through, how did he learn it? Through suffering. (laughs) Can I tell you this? The descending life is going to cost you something. Amen? It's going to cost you your ego. Yeah. Ego is exalting God out or is exalting God only. You choose. If there was, there's a price attached to, to this life because obedience, Jesus uh, learned obedience through what he suffered and, and his completed experience making him perfectly equipped. He became the author and the source of our salvation. But please listen to this, church. Pay, pay deep attention to these next words. To all, all of us, who what? Those who give heed and listen to those words, obey him. Jesus came and blessed us with salvation to all of those that will obey him and heed to his word. Because let me be very honest with you, the most people are very happy to live in their comfort zone, live in a life of convenience and ease. It's just a general problem with Christians. That's what we are. It's not ongemakkelijk to Moet niet mij vooral iets te doen wat mij ongemakkelijk maakt. Nee, ik like dit niks nie. You know, when I was still staying here in this lovely, beautiful, gorgeous, amazing place, Gauteng. Hoppee. If you want to come to that mountain place of ours, man. You know our story about our mountain, eh? I always thought the mountain oaks were mal. I used to call them mountain goats when I stayed here. I said, those acts that play with the rugby jerseys, they look like convicts, the stripes. They all worship the mountain. Yes, now I wear a striped jersey and I worship the mountain. We so, I told you this before, we so love our mountain, we've got a long cable that holds it so the things don't come fetch it. So, so uh, but we love Cape Town. We really, really do. But while I was here in Gauteng and I had my business here, I, I started a, in, at, at my company when I was still a businessman, and, and I had a lot of guys that came through my company, and God expanded the amount of men that I ministered to, and many of them gave their lives to the Lord, but, but, uh, w- which was really, really so amazing. Many of them came to me and thanked me for this. They said to me, yes, George, thank you for forcing me out of my comfort zone. We need to do that with one another. Amen. But it's very difficult to force somebody out of their comfort zone when you're sitting in your hangmat tuning him. <laughs> yeah. But, but listen, the common thread that they said to me, and please listen to this. These were the things that they said to me. They wrote me letters, the guys, and I'm, I'm sort of commenting on the letters that my buddies wrote to me. He says, all my life I try to arrange my circumstances so carefully. Listen, this might be you this morning. So carefully that I could live my life for Jesus so comfortably and safely without absolute minimum of inconvenience and still love and serve Jesus. Let me tell you something. That speaks of the most of the church today, isn't that? 
Ek wil vir die Heere lewe, maar solank het net so onder die reide is, en ek is nog lief vir Heere, en het gaan nog goed. Oh man, and I tell you, your pastor of this church, Ramon, brought the most amazing word at our TCN conference. I've got to honor him. You've got a good man ministering to your church here. I've seen this man grow, and I've seen God use him mightily. Amen. And, 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 and the message he brought, which really stirs my heart every time I read it like it stirred his heart, where Jesus says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God. We're talking about descending life is a kingdom life. He says, not everybody, but them who do the will of my Father. Because in that day, you will say to me, Lord, we drove out demons in your name. We, we healed the sick in your name. And then you'll say, go away, I don't know you. And, and Ramon alluded to that name. That word know means intimacy. Him into me, see. <laughs> And, and it's God, we, we can get so busy, even as CMA, we get so busy, we're so efficient in what we do as a ministry. But God wants us to be effective. And the only time you'll be effective is when you are busy with intimacy with Daddy. And that's what we're talking about today. Intimacy. When you've connected with Daddy. Amen. They say this, they say, I'm now learning that loving and descending isn't always comfortable because there's a price, a price attached to it. But listen, they say to me, you know what, brother, it's worth it. Is it worth it? Yes, it is. A thousand times over, it is worth it. Listen to me. You end up being inconvenienced. You go down unexpected turns, which cost you when you choose to be a servant. But life is much more exciting and valuable now when you begin to do it God's way. Amen? We begin to do it God's way. You know the sad fact, and, and it's the truth, eh, that many Christians will become rebellious, uncommitted, disobedient, and extremely prideful. Just to stay in their comfort zone. Wie is jy om vir my te sê? Los my in my mislike plek. Ek is happy om hier so half gebak te dien. Los my. Ek beteken niks in die koninkrijk nie, maar los my uit. How many Christians live that life without even saying it? I mean, think about this for a moment. I want you to just work with me here. What Bible verses do you focus on the most or the verses that you mostly want to hear in your life? What are those ones? Listen, isn't it about those that guarantee safety, security, peace, victory, rewards, prosperities, breakthroughs, uh, God is for me, God is not against me, Jesus never leave me, never forsake me, greater is he that is in me, I am more than an overcomer. Those are lucky, you love those, eh? Yeah, we dig those, those wonderful little scriptures. Listen to me. These are the ones we can quote. These are the ones we put on posters on our walls, on our fridge, at home. Like die Heere kom dier vir my. At your office, there it is on your computer screen to remind you. And it's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but listen to me. The verses that threaten our comfort zone, we choose to overlook them and we make light of them. Because really, think about this, this the scriptures that cut, pierce, expose, and challenge us to obedience, and that downward mobility, and what am I saying, descending into greatness, those scriptures very seldom are memorized, or even written out, or even find their way on posters. Suffering for Jesus. When are you going to Kumbuka and they got a big poster there? You are going to suffer for Jesus. Hey, you don't know that stuff. 
Christian, don't want to hear that. Don't tune me like stuff like that. I smoke his comfort zone stuff. Any Timothy, anybody who lives godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Jesus learned obedience through what? Through suffering. There's a price to pay to get us out of our little comfort zones, church. The thing about the comfort zone you begin to realize is this. It doesn't lead to fulfillment. You're never satisfied. You know why? Because in your heart you know there's more. You see it in a brother and a sister's life. There's a really living dynamic. But you know, you're busy to, to cook with this good that you don't help yesterday. But you hold on with good. Let's learn, man. Rise up. Take what God has done. Because I can tell you something. It doesn't lead to fulfillment. It doesn't lead to positive change. It doesn't lead to spiritual growth of your character. It doesn't help you in your relationship process. It requires pain and conflict. And it requires tension. That cause it. Om met mense saam te lewe wat jy nie nie eindig baie like nie ne. Hallo. Yes, jy is baie stil vandag. Ek sê... Ek gooi nie klippe nie, ne. Dis die waarheid. You embracing this lekker waarheid. I love it, I love it. It's, it's true. You know what the athletes say? Listen what they say. No pain, no gain. The businessman says, no guts, no glory. Spiritually speaking, the same principles apply to your life. No pain, no gain. We're not running around looking for pain, but let me tell you something. When you make that upward move, when you, when you descend into greatness, as you go down, it's going to cost you something. Are you willing to pay that? No pain, no go. No guts, no glory. It's a fact of life. It's a fact of life. You've got to know that. You know, John 10, 10, we all know that scripture so well. And, and Jesus talks about the abundant life. He says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. He says, but I came that you might enjoy life. And that life that you'll enjoy it to the full, eh? See, living the kingdom full, abundant life is not found on the upward path towards the comfort zone. Ye gani die vol lewe if you want to hang around in the comfort zone area of our lives, it's only found in the downward path. Amen. Challenges, tough choices, painful growth, real obedience. You see, John 20 verse 20, 21 summarized is this. I'm sending you into a life of scars and death. But don't worry. My peace will be with you. It can not my makkelijk wees nie, maar ek want ek het deur dit gegaan. And my kracht is saam met jylle. I want to bless you. I want to carry you through this stuff. It's time we step out and make a decision to descend into greatness. Because you know what? A descending life is a kingdom kind of life. This morning as I come to a close here, you have two, two choices when you're challenged. Like you were this morning afresh. You can do one of two things. Number one. You can crawl back in your comfort zone of denial, disobedience, your lack of commitment, and say, I'm happy to stay where I am. Los me eight. Ek is dik met lewe, ek is dik met frikkie Frans en koos, en jylle sal my nie verander nie. Bly maar so, hoor. Het is jou keese. Or you could sit here this morning and make this choice. You can face your need for change to grow and become useful and effective. And yes, risk losing it all for Jesus. Amen. That's the choice. 
You see, that's what I love about the CMA ministry because I can tell you something. Not everybody buy into it originally. I mean, and, and many people that join CMA have preconceived ideas about joining CMA. Ons gaan here wen, ons gaan met ons bikes, ons gaan by die bikers preek, en tot jy eendag gevra word, jylle moet nou saamkom, ons gaan nou tent opslaan, ons gaan die hele nacht wakker by ons gaan, nee man, ek het nou nie opgeteken vir sikke dinge nie, nee, wat is, but I love this ministry, because it's a sacrificial ministry, because why, it wasn't a good idea, it was a God idea, and God had an intention for this ministry to fulfill, and I pray God that we will descend into the greatness of what he's called us to do, to fulfill the call of God on our lives in this awesome ministry, so what is your choice this morning? Philippians 1 verse 29, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Jesus Christ, it's been granted. So it's granted to me. Is it not like it? It's granted to you anyway. Okay. On behalf of Jesus Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Philippians 2.5, I remind you, let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example. I want to close off with a thought. Story, true story. It was the Second World War, and the pilots were flying to go and attack the enemy. And they were flying in unison, and they were loaded with their bombs and the machine guns on their planes, and they were flying and they were on their mission. Can I just say this? When you're a child of God, you're flying on a mission to go and attack the enemy. You know, there's a scripture in, in I think it's uh, Acts 10, verse 38, that Jesus came to destroy the work of the enemy. Can I tell you something? We've got to take back what the enemy's stolen out of people's lives. But only a person that's descended into greatness can actually be an effective tool in God's hand. Did you hear that this morning? So he's flying this airplane. He's on a mission. You and I, we're on a mission. And he looks here in front of the airplane, here down the dashboard, and he checks everywhere he can't reach. And there's this mother of a rat, R-A-T. Here he frot rot. <laughs> And he's busy with my main cable to fret, vertel ek jylle. <laughs> and he can't reach this thing and he doesn't know what to do. Because when, if, when he eats through that cable, all power goes off to this aircraft, my friend. And I tell you something, there's only one way. <laughs> and it's a bit of glide, but then it's a lot of prang. And he's got to make a choice. And I want to say this to you this morning. We are flying and we, we're there to win a war for Jesus. Amen. And there's a rat and his name is Satan. And he's eating away at the things in your life. And we're allowing him to eat the things in, the li in our lives. But let me just say this. This decides, you know, there's two choices I have. Only two choices. I either land this thing and save my life or do what is right. Hallelujah. What does he do? He takes his oxygen mask and he plucks it on and he switches on that oxygen and he decides to ascend into greatness and he goes up and he goes up where the rot cannot breathe anymore. I want to tell you, you need to live in a life and in a situation in your life where Jesus becomes Lord of your life, where you've descended into greatness that him cannot breathe near your life because Jesus is Lord of your life and the enemy cannot touch you because you're walking a man and a woman of faith and as he goes up and up in this aircraft the rat cannot breathe anymore and he freaks like a 
And he destroys him. You know, and when I heard that, that, that message and I thought to myself, you know what? That's what the Bible says. We must be washed in the water of the word. You know, when you get the word, the devil cannot breathe in the word. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus chased the farka out of that man into the farka and they fell in the water and they drowned. The devil. And as he gets up there, the, he dies. And he returns to his mission. We need to be mission conscious, church. Listen to me. The comfort zone is really the land of the bland, the work and the droog, the gray and the boring, the miserable and the dull. How on earth can you want to live that life? How on earth? Oh, listen. Compared to the great adventure of risky living, descending into greatness with peace and joy through the quality decisions to be obedient, committed to your high calling in Christ Jesus. I want to close with this statement. You know, God, I don't want to disappoint you. God is not the God of second chances. Do you know that? He's not the God of second chances. I say, thank God he's not the God of second chances. Why? Because he's the God of another chance. <laughs> okay, I said, the year of an, from two chances, is, that's the end of me. Because I've used up 3,786,74 chances already. Donkey year for God has a, another chance for your life and for my life. If you've heard what you've heard this morning, is that rat busy gnawing away at your life? Are you living in a comfort zone? Do you really want to descend into greatness? Who wants to descend into greatness this morning? If your life has been one of compromise, comfort seeking, repent, humble yourself, and give God another chance in your life this morning. Come let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. That we haven't just come together to hear just another word. But Lord, you've come to give us a directive word. A word that tells us how to live the kingdom life. The kingdom life is a descending life. Lord Jesus, you set an example. You humbled yourself. You became a servant. So, so that you were raised up to greatness. So that your children will one day be raised up into greatness. Because of the life we lived. I want to ask you this question this morning. We're not going to do anything strange, but if you're here this morning and you want to say to yourself, hey, pastor, you know what? I've been a little bit in the comfort zone for a little while. Now's the time to embarrass yourself big time. It's called humility. <laughs> Maybe you want to stand up now and say, pray for me. This is a moment for you right now. If you want to say, God, I want to descend into greatness. I want you to stand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Think about why you stand. You're standing because I'm asking you to. You're standing before God this morning because you know there is a responsibility on your life. God has called you and said to you, listen, my child, I need you to, dis to descend into the greatness because I have so much more for you. I just sense over this auditorium there are so many more that need to be obedient to God. You know, we don't do this just to do it. We do this because when you stand by faith, you're saying to God, God, come touch my life. I don't want to, I want to live differently. I want to live for you. I want to live for you, precious Jesus. Father, I want to thank you this morning for each and every one that is standing before you right now. 
May your sweet anointing, your blessing, your grace rest upon each one that is standing before you right now. Father, we realize too that we cannot do this. We cannot walk this journey if it weren't for the Holy Spirit that strengthens us because we cannot do it in our, on our own strength. Many have been trying to do it in their own strength, but they cannot. But all you saying to us is, Lord, seek first. Apply the principles that I've given you under the anointing of my Holy Spirit and you will get it right, says the Lord. May your anointing rest upon each one of those that stand this morning. Lord, that from this day onwards, that the people's entrance into this place will be different when they walk out of this place. They will not be the same again. There will be fruit on their labor. There will be people that will be used of God because you, would, you were looking for those that would worship you in spirit and in truth. May your anointing rest richly upon your people today. We thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.